It's Behind the Bots From the NHRL studios in Norwalk, Connecticut, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind the bots. I'm Kyle. I am Brandon. And I am Matt Vasquez. And today on the podcast, we're recapping episode two of the Sin City Slugfest with special guest Matt Vasquez. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. Follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate the support. Ooh, and YouTube now too. Follow us on the YouTube now too. Um, time for this week's Combat Robotics news. I have one news item for you today. Catch live robot combat events at five locations this weekend in Washington, California, Illinois, and Texas. In Washington State, they'll be fighting ants and beetles on Saturday in the Rumble in Redmond run by the Western Allied Robotics team, the team behind Warhawk on BattleBots. Uh, NoobTube is registered to fight at that event, so go check it out. Looks like that's going to be a lot of fun. In Illinois, at the Riverlands Brewing Company, Robots Smashing Lead Riverlands Brews and Bots Brawls Antweight event. There are 21, it's a 21 and up Antweight event because it is being held at a brewery and they will be serving alcohol. So if you want to, um, you know, have some really nice beers and go fight your Antweight, uh, head over there. That lo- it sounds like a delightful time, actually. Um, in Texas, North Texas Bot Battles will be holding their October Bot Battles event in Fort Worth. And in California, the uh, Bay Area Bot Battles Maker Fair Mayor Island event will uh, hold an Antweight event. And the big one this weekend, SCAR, will hold their event at the Orange County Maker Fair. The SCAR event will have fairy weights, ants, beetles, as well as 12s and Sportsman 30s. This is a huge event made possible in part by the NHRL grant from last year. Uh, some notable entries are Full Court. Whomper, captained by our special guest, Matt Vasquez, Unknown Avenger, Droopy, Supreme Ruler, and an alternate that might be fighting, Wombo. Really excited about this event. Uh, Matt, you're, you should be like working on a robot right now, right? I mean, you got this thing coming up here pretty quick. Are you excited about this event? Oh, I'm really excited. I love local events so much. It's just so nice to just take all your robot crap, throw it in your car, drive over and just, you know, have fun, hang out. Not too much of, like, a commitment, which is awesome. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. We have this new giant arena in SoCal, you know, a 16 by 12 foot arena. So we can do 12s and 30s, which is, like, so exciting. Like, uh, for the last maybe decade, we've been doing 12-pounders, but we had this, like, a uh, you know, old arena that was meant for, like, the 15-pound educational class. And, like, when that uh, NRL, you know, uh, event, the educational ones, stopped happening, Mason kind of got the arena, and then kind of gave it back. And then we got that grant and we built this awesome new arena. So I'm really excited. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it last episode. That STEM money uh, at the end of the season last year was just so good for the entire combat robotics community. Um, and it's also improving other events, which is great because ultimately that helps NHR- NHRL going forward. Um, so that's it for this week's mo- or this week's news. We are going to go ahead and recap the Golden Bolt episode uh, two. Um, so this was a really great episode all the way around. I mean, the fights were amazing. The driving was on point. Um, I I absolutely loved every aspect of watching this. I think my favorite fight was most assuredly watching you guys you take out. <laughs> Watching you guys take out Bloodsport in one hit was a beautiful thing, but that Black Dragon rematch was absolutely amazing. Brandon, did you have any special moments from this episode that you really liked? Ooh, well, it's always funny because every time I look at uh, Whiplash driving around, I think, oh, that looks like fun. It's like an RC car shooting around. Um, yeah. I was more impressed whenever I saw the drive going down on Whiplash, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's still hanging on. Like it's still, it's, he's still controlling the fight even without like full faculties. And um, I was particularly impressive because like Black Dragon was just like 
they were on a roll. Like they were doing an excellent job. Yeah. Durability's there. They added some forks too to really play the ground game some more. They were looking great. And so yeah. like to see them continuing and you still being able to hold them down was pretty good progress there. Excellent job. Yeah, thank you. That that fight in particular was really, really tough. Like for the for the whole, you know, entering the, you know, Golden Bolt qualifier tournament, I'm a I mean, one, we didn't have a whole lot of parts left from the main tournament. Because, like, in the main tournament, it was just, like, so brutal. We were just going through parts left and right, patching up parts that should not have been reused, but we had to reuse. Um, uh, so by the time we got to that tournament, we had, like, so little to work with. And we're just, like... But then again, it was kind of nice, because that kind of brought the pressure down. And it's just, like, are we really going to this, like, expecting to win? Like, not really. And we're just going to have fun, get a working robot going, and just see what happens. And that that made for, like, a fun tournament, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, I already, oh yeah, first fighting against Fusion, like Fusion's one of those robots that's really stressful to plan for, and all these people are going against them, they're like, what do I do? Do I hook my vert attachment? Do I hook my horizontal attachment? Do I do something totally different, some compromise? And like, at that point, I was like, if we get trashed, we get trashed. I'll just go with the horizontal configuration <laughs> and see what happens. And it went like beautifully. And then Malice also super tough. We got a little lucky there getting him stuck, and Black Dragon was just this drag out match that went to the very end so malice, malice had a really great showing in this tournament i mean their first fight with uh hijinks was phenomenal um and that was a real good back and forth with you guys too like I, you, all the props to that team they really did a great job yeah malice is like a very just tough reliable robot it's you know built very well in a way that it can be like prepared very easily so like you never see malice go into a fight like at 50 percent or 75 percent yeah it's always like You've never seen him go into a fight, you know, not at 100%. And yeah. that really has to do with you know, how, how it was designed and built. Um, uh, but yeah, they're a really tough opponent. I think they'd be tough for anyone. Um, uh, I think we were a pretty good matchup for them, though, as far as like rock, paper, scissors. I felt pretty mm -hmm. confident. Even though they had their forks, they're still not a control bot, even if they have those forks. Yeah. And it's uh, I felt pretty confident we could control them. It was just a matter of surviving three minutes, and we barely did that. So uh, <laughs> I got to say, um... You know, I was hoping to see Blip, especially after such a rough kind of regular season for them, uh, do a little yeah. bit better than they did. Obviously, pulling Black Dragon right off the bat is not the best circumstance for them to do really well in this yeah. one. Um, but it, it was still a disappointment. I hope, I hope they are able to do the changes that Aaron wants to do on that and bring it back next season. It's such a cool design. I'm sure there's just a very... There are very few tweaks or changes or design changes they would need to do to make that thing super competitive. Yeah, like uh, like their Black Dragon fight before they had their fire, which was kind of like a weird thing, which I know a little bit about, I think. But uh, before that point, you know, Black Dragon blip was pretty even. Like they both yeah. blip got a flip or two, Black Dragon got a couple hits, and then once the fire happened, of course, that's you know, that's kind of that's kind of ends it right there. But uh, if you remember, like back in the regular season, like uh, when Blip fought Tantrum, mm -hmm. Tantrum had an almost identical fire as Blip did in this fight. Yep. And, you know, most people know both those robots use pretty much all the same components. So they were doing some mods to their ESCs, as far as I know. I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, there was something that went wrong or wasn't done exactly right, and they caused the fire in Tantrum and then later caused the fire in Blip. Wow. So it wasn't really anything Black Dragon did that caused that fire. It was just kind of a... They were kind of playing Russian roulette with which components they put in <laughs> and which would, you know, uh, <laughs> last the full... Uh, last the full fight so uh yeah it was unfortunate that happened but uh you know with the amount of brain power they have on that team i don't think that'll be happening again <laughs> yeah is my guess <laughs> and then mad catter also um you know really great first matchup with blood sport couldn't quite pull it out against black dragon but that was a super close fight mm -hmm. um you know, Mad Catter's like one of these bots we are consistently impressed with, with their ability to keep that thing running as well as it does on the budget that they do. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I think, you know, Brandon, you pointed this out last episode. The coolest part about that team is like Martin's ability to know not just the game, but the meta game as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that was on full display this time. You know, the, talk about like, graceful losses and really great promos throughout the entire event that Martin's just a class act all the way around. Gotta love that guy. Oh yeah. And no one would expect from his uh, persona that he would be a, 
this this nice and level-headed of a person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're going to get into predictions. So last week, um, we had quite a few people guess correctly. Interesting. So Alex Pick and Steve Dufort ended up the, in the right place on the bracket. They ended up saying that Whiplash would win. Uh, spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched the episode, I guess. Um, but then uh, there are... <laughs> Then Ethan Van Gorp, Michael Weiss, Helen Claudio, and me all guessed the bracket 100% correct all the way through. Um, so I was smarter than a Kyle this time. That literally never happens. Congrats, I'm very Kyle. happy about that. I know, right? Like that's so uh, I was, you know, thank you, Matt, for uh, making, <laughs> making me sound smart for this episode. Um, I will not get to do it every single time. So it's uh, it's nice. It's nice that it got to happen just this once um and then i guess now it's time to go into predictions for next week so matt you're not allowed because you were there uh but yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll go ahead and give my predictions and as per tradition i have not looked at the uh bracket yet so i have no idea what to expect so this is kind of off the off the dome though it is kind of ironic because i i'm definitely in there so <laughs> <laughs> is, is kyle the only one who's gonna predict i yeah. am the only one yeah it's, yeah it's all that's on been you, this kyle. way all season Gotta make us proud, Kyle. All right. All right, let's go. Let's see. So first round we have Triton Gigabyte. Round one. Uh well the the rock, paper, scissors goes to Gigabyte, so yeah, I'll go with them. Alright. Next we have double tap and beta. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um man, if those double tap guys could get that weapon working, that's a perfect weapon to go up against beta. Thinking like sniping. I mean, hands. not their armor, but definitely their their weapon. You know, yeah. sure. I'm gonna give it to Beta. Okay. And then next we have Death Roll Slamo. Ooh, I hate voting against Danby because I love Danby, but I have to <laughs> vote against Danby. Uh, it's gonna have to be Death Roll. Go mm -hmm. Australians. Aussies are proud. And then uh, the one I care about particularly, Mammoth Free Shipping. Oh, uh, this is and free shipping with a weapon now. Um, yeah. This, it kind of doesn't matter about the weapon. This one's going to Mammoth. Okay. All right. So All in right, that so case, we have Gigabyte Vita for the first semifinal matchup. Vita is like perfectly made to take on these kind of horizontal robots and uh something tells me they'll be able to to knock out an off switch or the self-writer or something on gigabyte so i'm gonna give that one to beta okay and then then we have death roll mammoth Ooh, that's a tough one um man death roll does not care how often you throw them around <laughs> they like to be thrown around you know what i mean that's like kind of their whole shtick I'm going to have to give that one to Death Roll. Okay. I'm not That's hurt. a tight one. And I'm sorry about that, Brandon. I'm not hurt. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Death, Death Roll has touched the ceiling, so I don't think they mind being uh, tossed around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it also like, has like a human hand in the back of it, too. So definitely is happy with like fighting people for sure. So I'm sure fighting Beta is nothing different. So that does leave us now with Beta Death Roll. For the final. All right, so uh, this is the part where I get to complain about Beta's armor configurations, like for the fourteenth time this season. Mm -hmm. um, Beta, built by some of the smartest people in the sport, like some of the best engineers in Great Britain for sure, some of the greatest engineers in this sport, and yet their vertical spinner configuration for their armor has never made any sense. I don't understand why they do it. It's just there to get smacked in the face. It's like they don't even try. They would be better with the sloped wedge than that thing. They're going to so, run So here's it. a hot take. As someone who has fought Vita, mm. I'm a, I think the boat configuration is, I think what John calls it, what I've always called it, Yes. for fighting a vert is better than the big plow. When we were going to fight them, I was praying that he would use the plow because I think sits like a half inch off the ground. And we would just hit that Correct. edge, hit that edge. We would probably peel it up all over the place. When he puts the boat armor, you're not going to hurt him. You might control him, but you're not going to hurt him. So when he has that, he's not afraid to just drive in your face and fire the hammer. Whereas with the wedge, if you do catch that edge, he's kind of done for. 
So, like, I see what he's getting at. It probably he could probably add maybe forks to it or something. But yeah, he's not crazy. He's definitely not crazy. Okay. There's okay. something to it, I think. All right. Yeah. So Matt. Okay. You have you have you <laughs> properly swayed Kyle, given him a proper bias going into the final now. <laughs> Are no. you choosing the he, vote over the Because because what he's saying is is that there the theory's there, okay. but the theory hasn't worked out yet for vertical spinners. <laughs> so that would have I, to I go. If if he had fought all, any of those verse with the plow, I think it would have gone worse. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I, I follow you. I follow you. Um, but the boat just isn't there yet. It needs some forks or some kind of ground game. Um, all right. So that that's going to be uh, uh, that is going to be a death roll win. That's mm. that's what I think is going to happen. They're going to make it into the tournament. All right. Happy Crocs. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Wow. I'm really excited. I love that team a lot. So I, I hope they do actually win. We'll see how it goes. You know, I hope so, too. But that was like <laughs> me a year ago. So, <laughs> oh my god, it's so. Um, all right. So if you uh, think you are smarter than a Kyle, go ahead and uh, drop your predictions on our predictions thread. We'll post it on Facebook. We'll post it on our Discord. Um, maybe Instagram if I feel like it, but maybe not. And uh, you know, let us know what you think as far as who you think is going to win, or uh, tell me I'm completely crazy. Tell me I'm completely wrong. Or tell me what you think about Beta's armor configurations. You know, I have lots of feelings about it. I'll bet you do too. Um, but as for right now, this week on the podcast, we have a very special returning guest. He's been with us for the first two segments. We're going to move on with this segment. Matt Vasquez of Team Fast Electric Robots, the team behind Whiplash and Womper. Matt recently competed at NHRL with Womper. He just won the tournament in the most uh, recent episode of the Golden Bolt. Um, Matt has been competing and participating in combat robotics literally his entire life. He's a pillar of the community and widely regarded as a top tier heavyweight driver. Uh, we're looking forward to getting into all things September NHRL and BattleBots in the hour of the head. So welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you. I'm always excited when I get the invite. Always have lots of fun. I'm, uh, yeah, excited to talk. I am. Uh, I'm glad we were able to scoop you up for this interview. Um, it's. It was good that you said yes. I was like, yeah, I like this guy. All right, good. Um, so first of all, we're gonna get into NHRL. Um, so Womper just competed at the final bot down here in September. What kind of preparation did you do for this event? There were some big changes on Womper. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I guess I'll start with like what the goal of Womper is in the first place. Sure. So like. When I first designed that robot, like I built the first version like three years ago, I think back in 2020. Um, uh, so my main robot being Whiplash is a robot who, if you don't drive very well, you are going to get destroyed because the robot has two full weapon systems, not a whole lot of armor. It's relatively fragile in a lot of places. So it's like a very stressful game of drive perfectly while not being able to inflict a whole lot of damage and try to win. I wanted to build like the exact opposite of that. <laughs> for like my fun robot to bring to like local events and travel to Norwalk and whatever other, you know, out of state events I go to. So I'm like, okay, I just want to build a kind of durable glass cannon, if that makes sense. Just something with an insanely large weapon that um, I won't have to repair a whole lot and it'll just be fun to bring to events. So that was kind of the thought with that robot. So I ended up building, you know, a pretty robust mid cutter that uh, does a lot of damage, super fun to drive. But, uh, yeah, so last year, I brought it to NHRL. I went 0-2, unfortunately. I lose the first fight. I fought a, one of Aaron Hill's teammates. It was a little tantrum-looking robot. And the fight was going well, but I ricochet off of him. Bar gets stabs into the wooden bumper. I get my one on stick, ricochet off of him again, and then I get stuck on top of the bumper. And I get stuck twice within, like, 15 seconds of each other. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, how did this happen? Like, you, you think you would only get stuck once, you get your own stick, and it wouldn't happen again. But, uh... It happened again. And then my next fight, I fought, I think, Prom Hita, and, like, that just, you know, he just hits really hard. So that one was tough. But uh, the upgrade, the biggest upgrade was I wanted to do something that would not allow me to ever get stuck again. Because I'm like, if I'm flying all the way across the country to get stuck on the wall, I'm going to quit combat robots forever. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm not going to fly all the way across the country and lose to getting stuck. So uh, I had lots of ideas, like some of them are like some mini bot that like is not built for fighting, but something that is just very, very effective at, you know, scooping underneath and 
dislodging me for something. I had ideas like that. I had some other crazy ideas, like I think they banned rocket engines. So I'm like, what if I just put a couple of model rocket engines? If I get stuck, just fire them off and uh, <laughs> it'll unstick me from whatever I'm stuck to. Um, uh, I had some other crazy ideas, but uh, I ended up going with just a tail on the back of the robot that just kind of wags up and down. Um, uh, it can self-right me, it can flip me over. It, uh, I tried to get my robot stuck in every possible position I could in my garage and I just you know, fired it. It would get me unstuck from everything. So uh, that was probably the most fun and a cool addition to the robot. And uh, it was also a good utilization of like the multi-bot weight bonus. Because I remember when I first heard about that rule, I'm just like, this is kind of like silly. Like, why are they giving a weight bonus so you can add a second robot? Like, that just didn't seem right. But uh, now I've seen like all the creative usages of it. Yeah. And I kind of had my own creative usage of it. So now I kind of like see, okay, this is actually a pretty, pretty cool thing they implemented. Yep. Um, uh, and it's also a double-edged sword, right? Because if your minibot gets obliterated, that's damage points on you. And it's not too hard to obliterate a minibot. <laughs> no, especially when you're throwing around the kind of weapon mass that you are in those uh, in that weight class. Like, that's it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, how do you feel about your performance and your bot's performance at this last event? Did it go well for you? I'm a, honestly, I was... Like, the robot itself worked pretty fantastic. Like, nothing, like, failed, broke down. Like, it was pretty funny. My first fight, I fought this little vertical spinner. It was some new team who never fought before. And, like, the fight was really short, and it just, like, ripped a hole in the side of the robot. But after the first hit, same exact thing happens as last year. I ricochet. My spinner stabs into the wall. And I'm just like, oh, my God. This is, like, deja vu. It's exactly like last year. And I used the tail, and it freed me. And I was like, okay, like, it's all worth it right there. <laughs> like, I can go home happy with the success. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was pretty funny. Um, uh, yeah, then my second fight, I fought this other vert called Baby Grim, and it was very similar to the first one. It was just like two hits and took them out pretty fast. And then my third and final fight was against one of the Honeycrack robots. I'm blanking on the name, but it's their undercutter with like the Buzzkill. Valkyrie nose. I'm sorry? Buzzkill. Buzzkill. Yes, Buzzkill. Yes, Liam. Good so, uh, job, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, so they have this super tough. Uh, steel nose on the front of the robot. So I just put my longest bar on so I would outreach him. And uh, the fight was going pretty well, to be honest, to start with. Like, I was definitely outreaching them. They weren't, their weapon wasn't even touching me. Um, uh, I took a, put a few holes in their front armor. And then at one point, I get flipped over. And I'm like, all right, like, I'm just going to continue attacking upside down. Because I could drive pretty well backwards, or, which is the same as driving upside down. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to drive upside down, continue the fight. Not, you know, risk trying to self-right and making myself vulnerable. Um, uh, so in doing that, there was just, so when I'm right side up, my weapon pulley is above my spinner. When I'm upside down, the weapon pulley mm. is below the spinner and they are an undercutter. Right. So they're yeah. very, very low. So I was thinking that like, okay, like my weapon is so much longer than them. I will still be able to outreach them. And that was the case for, you know, a while after I was flipped. But at some point there was just the right hit where they ended up going straight into my weapon weapon belt. Uh, so when my weapon goes down, their weapon's still going. It's like, okay, like they they, they definitely win the fight. I'm a, so part of me is just like, man, I wish I could have gone back and just self-righted and continue doing what I was doing. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's a lesson learned. Like, that's a, yeah. But yeah, no, that was a really great, tough robot. Like, I hit them really, really hard and they just took it like it was nothing. I had a couple <laughs> holes in the robot and they just kept going. I'm a, yeah, super, super tough robot. Super good team. Uh, but yeah, overall, I had a pretty great time. It, it was very fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what did you learn this tournament? I'm not, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, like the robot itself were pretty great. All the improvements I was really happy with. I think maybe, you see, I don't know, because it's like, you know, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So like maybe I wouldn't predict that me having all this extra reach that like it'd just be the right angle they hit that pulley. So, uh, you know, now I know if that fight happens again, I'm just going to self-write and, you know, keep going at him. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe maybe prep even earlier and have more time to, like, strategize for each particular opponent. Because maybe had I gone over the list of competitors and just, like, spent, like, five minutes on each one thinking about what could happen, possible ways I can lose, maybe that would have... Uh, made the difference so maybe it's i'll do that next time. still possible at that weight class so you know it's yeah. not in the three pounds you can't you can't make those decisions <laughs> there but. Yeah. no i'm not doing that with a 150 year old 
40 i can do maybe but yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. not so much um yeah. what was the best part about this event for you i'm not it was i don't know it was just overall really fun just seeing a bunch of people i don't see all that often was great that's kind of you know definitely one of the the, the highlights of BattleBots or NHRL or any event I travel to or even local events because like I don't see those people all the time I see them you know maybe four or five times a year max yeah a lot of those people so uh yeah just seeing a bunch of people that I don't see a whole lot was awesome I'm a you know seeing Jason's robot work was pretty cool his robot yeah really, I was about I to say that. like big shout out to Jason for designing something yeah. and it working pretty well like that was pretty neat yeah love that thing. yeah so that was really cool seeing him do that like his uh he brought a bunch of you know, classmates from school. He started this club with an NHRL grant that, uh, you know, they got funds to build a bunch of robots. So they built a bunch of robots and brought them, uh, <laughs> brought them over. And uh, yeah, all of his like teammates did pretty well. They had like good showings for like first time builders. So that was awesome. Yeah. They had, a, I think my favorite moment of theirs is like two of, uh, two of the kids built like a, a flamethrower robot. It was a really and, cool uh, flamethrower actually. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was really cool. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, for, especially for, like, a first-time build. It was great. Mm-hmm. And, like, they had this one fight. They fought this, like, man, it, it might have been, like, one of those, like, four-wheel drive dual vert kits. And, like, their opponent, like, immediately gets stuck. Like, immediately. So they just sit in front of them and just roast them while they're trying to get unstuck. And it just, like, melted the crap out of it. And I was, like, I was, like even if they lose, like, all the rest of their fights, like, they're probably just so happy that that happened. Yeah. And uh, they got to experience that. So that, that, that was pretty cool seeing that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, what was the what was the worst part of this event for you? The worst part of the event? Ooh, I think maybe not being able to hang out in New York was, was not great. Because we, uh, so me, Calvin, and Tommy, uh, we we knew it, like, would be raining. Like, we're just like, oh, it'll be raining a little bit. So, like, we get to New Jersey, like, we get in the rental car. We're like, okay, it's, like, kind of raining, like, whatever. Maybe it'll go away. It'll be fine. And, like, as we get closer to New York, we're just like, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And we're like, okay, now we're driving through eight inches of water and we're creating a wake behind us. <laughs> so, yeah, so we didn't spend a whole lot of time in New York. We went to like one bagel shop, sprinted through the pouring rain, and then uh, went back to the car. We're just like, all right, we're going to go to the venue now. There's not a whole lot we can do here. So, no. uh, yeah, hopefully next time there will be better weather. But as far as the event, like I thought I had a fantastic time. It was really fun. Did anything weird happen this event? Did anything weird happen? Yeah, what was the weirdest part about this event for you? <laughs> the weirdest part of this event? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like you're pointing at something particular that I can't... Uh, Not at all, no. This about. is just uh, this is an exercise I do with my kids sometimes. I'll ask them what the best, worst, and weirdest of their day was. So I'm asking you what the best, worst, and weirdest of your event was. The weirdest thing to happen at the event. I'm just going to say, like, Oh, okay. How about Lynx losing like second round or something? That's pretty weird. Yo, broke every bracket. Not qualifying. Calvin not qualifying. I I was talking to Calvin and like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I've been using this ESC for like three years or something. And he's like, yeah, it's probably just like his work life. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like just swap him every two years and he'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But uh, yeah, Booty Brigade was also pretty fun to, fun to experience. Yeah, like I, like I paired with like Calvin and Tommy, so like I was with them for all all those antics, and that was that was pretty fun to fun to witness and see the the chaos that ensued with uh, all the opinions and uh. <laughs> all <laughs> there was this one poor robot. I forget who it was, but uh, in their qualifying fight, they they had to fight Lynx to qualify. They got like destroyed. They like won their next fight, so they made the tournament. And their first round match was Booty Brigade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I felt so bad. Oh no. <laughs> I don't remember who it was. But that poor person got like just absolutely destroyed two times in a row. So yeah. I uh I love the like my going up to the table because you know I try to go talk to all the competitors before the actual event starts. And, you know, I stop in to talk to Calvin and see what he's changed about Lynx or tr- improved or whatever. And he says, oh, I've done nothing to Lynx, but dude, check out this 3D printed booty and like goes into <laughs> detail about how he printed the booty. And like, I was like, yeah, OK, this is a different vibe for you, Calvin. All right. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're when you're running the same robot for however many years, whatever, a few years now, he's been running that robot. And it stayed almost exactly the same. Like, even if he keeps winning, it gets stale to him. And, like, I yeah. totally understand that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, if, if, if adding a butt does it, then uh, he should add the butt. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, Brandon, you had some questions. 
Sure, sure. So, first question. So what's something that you've seen or experienced at NHRL that you'd want to carry over to other events? Or vice versa, something from other events you'd want to add to NHRL? Uh, from NHRL, I think... I think I don't know if there was as much of it this year. I noticed, but like like the post fight interviews were really cool at NHRL. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I definitely did a couple last year, and that was that was pretty cool. It seemed like very fun and professional, especially with like a stream. Mm-hmm. I think people watching are interested in what the competitors are thinking, saying. Uh, like the in the in the pit interviews, like the one you guys did with Jason was really cool. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think just in general, like getting other events to you know live stream or do some attempt at live streaming which i think most events at this point at least try to live stream yep but uh you know that's always a a good place to put effort into i think but uh yeah i don't know and as far as like something to bring to nhrl i don't know like right right now nhrl is like leading in like as, as far as like you know smaller events like leading in like creativity, I guess, yeah. which is really cool. So like, there's not like a whole lot to pull from other events to give to them because they're just like pulling all this crazy new, new rules, new ideas, and just throwing them out there. And for the most part, they're working great, making it really interesting, making yep. it fun, making people think of like new ways to to do things. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's it's chaos, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely something I thought about uh, for sure. Because like. Doing this a long time, especially like we sort of get in the mode of like, okay, now the bot's supposed to go, how fights are supposed to sort of be, but HRL sort of says, eh, let's try giving you a six pound potential robot to fight against a three pounder, or you have yeah. a free unstick if you want to, if you have a risk of getting stuck, you have a second chance basically. Changes them, yeah. changes the game. Yeah, no, that's all that. All that has been awesome, and uh, you know, I'm curious to see what the heck they come up with next because uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have predicted a few of the <laughs> a few of the things they did come up with. Yeah. So then, second question: What were some really cool bots or some really cool fights that you're able to see? So just some highlights in either one. Really cool robots. I'm a, you know, I don't even think I saw a fight, but Aaron Hill is like a swerve drive, saw blaze slash Razorback three sixty degree chop saw thing was pretty cool. I'm a, I from talking to him, I don't think it had too much success. I think it had some feeding issues, but I thought it was yep. a really cool fun robot. I'm a. Man, uh, Sombra 30 was, like, Ooh. just insane watching that robot fight. Oh, my God. That thing hit so hard. Like, I, I think I watched it fight, uh, what was it? Chad News robot, Yahoo. Oh, Yahoo. And, like, yep. almost ceiling shotted it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it just it just moved <laughs> so fast across the arena. And the weapon just hit so damn hard. It was, uh, it was pretty impressive. You are freaking robot. poor Brandon out. He has to fight that thing next month, probably. So <laughs> Matt, I, well, I, maybe, maybe. Matt, I have three oh my gosh. Watching Kevin was awesome too. Okay. It's like just watching, uh, Timber Viper and, uh, I forget the 30 pounder version's name, but, uh, Red Storm, I think. Red Storm. Yeah. But, Red uh, Storm. Yeah. It was really cool watching those two robots fight. I'm, uh, especially Red Storm, like mm-hmm. actually winning the event was awesome. Like you don't see control box winning too often. Yep. And I could, uh, I could, I could relate to his struggle quite a bit. <laughs> so I, th- I think we have like we have me and Kevin have the control bot bond. We both understand uh, <laughs> how understand hard it is. Struggle. Yeah. So, so that that was really awesome. Uh, just seeing him just like plow. Man, I, for- I forget the name of this robot, but it's the one. I'm a former or I guess robot team members mid cutter walker oh, thing. This giant monstrosity of a mid cutter that just ripped the whole entire head off of Red Storm. And, like, he somehow, I only saw some of the fight, like, out the corner of my eye, but he somehow managed to pull out that win, was just absolutely awesome. That was really cool. Yeah. Oh, you're giving me 30 trauma, like, PTSD, <laughs> like, pre-trauma, pre-trauma disorder. Oh, no. Oh, gonna <laughs> Sorry, be, Brandon. It's going to be, oh, man. I'm building, like, five thirties preparing for the finals. It's so expensive. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. By the way, congrats for winning a golden dumpster after so many so many events oh. it, it finally happened that's awesome thank you that was that was a long journey i tell you but it was worth it, it yeah oh my god you've been grinding for a long time so that, that was well deserved thank golden dumpster much. three bots qualified for the world championships like bro you brandon is uh crushing it <laughs> trying to play the nhl game <clears throat> and so the third question sort of connects to what you're already hitting at before but it was sort of like, what are you thinking about um, NHRL sort of more varied rule set? 
Um, is something that you think other competitions should try as well, or something that NHRL should just sort of keep into its own little its own hub? It's tough. I think if you're gonna have wacky rules, you have to be an event that people really want to go to, and like will really go out of their way to like make happen. So I think maybe if like some smaller local events. Well, I, I don't know if that's true, actually, because if in SoCal, you know, tomorrow Mason said, we're going to allow this crazy thing, I would go, that sounds fun, I'm in. <laughs> so uh, honestly, I don't know. It's a, I, I think it's a good thing overall, adding rules. Like, you don't want to go too crazy because you want robots to be able to compete between events, which I think is a pretty important thing. Yeah. Like, uh, at, least, at least for me, it is because I'm going to go, I'm not going to go to NHRL, you know, too often. It's too far. So, like, my 12-pounder, I want it to be at its base, a normal 12-pounder. And when I go to NHRL, I can add the tail, which weighs exactly 1.2 pounds. So I can take it off, put it on, be a standard nice. 12 or NHRL 12. So, uh, yeah, I think as long as people, you know, have a go with that philosophy, I, I really don't see too many problems. Yeah. It is interesting how many people build specific, like, to the weight bonuses at NHRL. Like, they'll build a bot where it's like, oh, that can't compete literally anywhere else. Yeah. That's, this is only for, he okay. Cool. That was yeah. a choice. Like, like I like I don't see myself building a permanent nineteen pound robot to multi for thirty <laughs> or whatever they allow. Like I don't think that'll ever happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, maybe I'll throw three of my twelve pounders in there. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into a couple of listener questions. I have a few kind of intro questions I wanted to ask, and then Brandon, I might throw it over to you for like the BattleBot section if you're cool with that. Sounds good to me. All right, cool. Um, so what enhancements to Whiplash did you do this year that differed from last year, Matt? So, okay, so we're talking about like at this point a year ago. Correct, so, uh, yeah. The biggest, biggest thing was brushless drive. Yeah. Just brushless drive. There's, everything on the inside was different for the most part. And that was a definitely, there were lots of teething issues there. I'm uh, one second. There were definitely lots of teething issues there. I'm uh, but uh, I'd yeah, we definitely paint some of the chest. Yeah, sorry. You had less teething issues than a lot of other teams who like do a full conversion. Like you did okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't so bad. No, it really wasn't so bad. I'm up. I mean, at least compared to some other people. But uh, the drive we got working relatively okay, relatively quickly, which was nice. Um, I think after the Mad Catter fight, we got it figured out enough to, you know, where that was that was as good as it got. You know, all the yep. way through Golden Bolt. Um, uh, but as far as like the spinner, we had lots of problems mm. with like ESC tuning and things to get that running because we had several fights where the spinner either didn't work at all yep. or didn't get the full speed or was at half speed, quarter speed, whatever. <clears throat> it wasn't really till our tantrum fight that it worked, and then yeah. uh, even in the monsoon fight, it kind of crapped out at some points. So uh, yeah, there were definitely some issues there, and. Uh, but yeah, the good thing is I think we're kind of over that hump. So next year, hopefully those things will not, those problems will not be there. Awesome. Awesome. Sorry, that was Connie Langstrom's question. I thought I should throw it out there. Um, she asks, were you able to make any more modifications or enhancements as we got closer to the end of the season? I mean, I think you kind of touched on that. You were tuning, like everyone else, you were tuning your ESCs like all the way up until the last second, I'm sure. Yes, thank you, Rory. Yeah. Rory. Once again, but, uh, thank you, Rory. But, uh, that that needs to be a T-shirt for this last season. Like, thank you, Rory, well, and just everybody wears I, it. I would buy my shirt. I would buy that shirt. Monsoon fundraiser. Uh, thank you, Rory. <laughs> we will we will fundraise two more monsoons in that shirt alone, just from all the teams. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and then her last question, which is a related question: Where can we get Whiplash merch? Where can you get Whiplash merch? I'm up. Uh, BattleBots website. We always have people, you know, asking for stickers and things. As far as t-shirts and things, I think mainly BattleBots website. We don't really have like, I think, I don't know. I don't even know if we still have it set up. We might have like a Redbubble set up. But honestly, if, if, if someone really wants to know, send the Whiplash Instagram a DM and we will, uh, my mom will know. <laughs> Hey, but if you find out before I post this episode, I will yeah. put this in the description. I will put the link yeah. in the description for the episode so yeah. people can buy your merch. Yeah, but I think I think right now it's mainly BattleBots website. Gotcha. Mainly. Yeah, get yeah. get a merch link. We want to support you. We want to support yeah. your team. We would we would love. That. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Um, so we have some deeply philosophical questions from Mary Catherine Carr. She asks, hey, how are you doing with life outside of BattleBots? How's life college and beyond? Like you're, I know where you're working now, but do you want to touch on that? Like how's work? How's that kind of stuff going? Uh, yeah. So like I've been graduated from college for like what a year and a half now. I've been yep. working for about a year and a half now. It's been a, it's been pretty great, honestly. It's a, yeah, it's a, you know, I love where I work. Lots of awesome people there who, uh, you know, you, you both know, which is a <laughs> very awesome. We got a, we got Bot Whisper, Pete, we got the whole Chomp crew. Um, uh, we got Luke, Luke Conlian of, uh, you know, Comedy Central, BattleBots fame, and, uh, you know, currently battery safety at BattleBots fame. <laughs> so it's a, yeah, it's a really, really cool, fun place to work. Awesome people. Um, uh, I've learned so much there. Like, there's been a lot of great mentorship. Um, uh, it's definitely made me a better builder, too, working there. I Just bet. with all the, you know, advice I've gotten from people. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, other than that, just trying to, I don't know, keep up with some hobbies, um, uh, build robots, trying to, trying to, trying to make BattleBots as enjoyable of an experience and as less stressful of an experience as possible is like my biggest goal right now. Mm. So, uh, just trying to like slowly flesh out new Whiplash and slowly start building it and hopefully not have that, you know, panic rush build at the very end, like last time. What is the, the, there was somebody that was telling a joke, like you could tell uh, that Matt's graduated from college and is an adult now because Chris Rose finally stopped calling him Matty. You did it. Graduation gift from Chris. I love that. Um, all right. The other question for Mary Catherine Carr that I love, they always tout your driving, but you clearly have other exceptional skills. What else would you like to hear praise in your promos, i.e. Matt Vasquez, king of weapon pulleys, or even Matt Vasquez, hot dog eating champion? <laughs> Dude, hot dog eating champion, I, I don't think, I think I'd be pretty bad at that, to be honest. But uh, as far as, I don't know, other, other battle boss related things that like I deserve praise for, like I, I don't know, I don't know, like I feel like driving's always been the thing. I'm a... Like, as far as the robot itself, there's really nothing crazy happening inside of Whiplash. It's very, very simple inside. Like, it's kind of, like, by design. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I think that the praise is placed correctly, in my opinion, <laughs> if I even deserve that at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you could throw a heavyweight around. <laughs> Um, yeah. this is a good one. What would you do if not for robotics and engineering? Like what, what career path would be interesting to you if it wasn't for this? What career path? I know. So, so I think I'm really lucky with like BattleBots in the sense that, you know, BattleBots is not my career. BattleBots is not, at least competing in BattleBots is not anyone's career right. at this point. So like, I think I'm lucky that like the hobby I love so much kind of gave me like a gateway to like a career, <laughs> which is not you know, it's not so often that happens with people. It's really not. So, uh, like, in doing BattleBots, I learned, you know, like, whatever, there's this term. I think Stephen Felk said it. was like, stealth BattleBots is like stealth learning. Mm -hmm. Like, people go into it. They don't even necessarily care about engineering or care about manufacturing, whatever. They just want to build this robot. And they're like, what do I have to do to build this robot? And they learn all this stuff along the way. Yep. And uh, they're just like, all right, how do I get to this point? I need to learn this thing, this thing, and this thing. And by the end, they've like accidentally learned all these awesome skills. Um, uh, so I think I'm pretty lucky in that sense. But uh, other hobbies, I don't know. I play like guitar and bass. I have a lot of fun with that. Um, uh, I don't think I would ever be a professional in that. <laughs> That'd be, that would be very, very tough. Um, uh, I love playing tennis too. Also, do not think I could ever be a professional tennis player. <laughs> I, have, I have lots of hobbies that I like really love, but uh, I'm glad that like, at least one of them, I get to like really, really compete in a, you know, be, be amongst some of the best, which is pretty, pretty fun and pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a great question. What do you admire most about your mom and dad and your brother? What do I, okay. So admire most about the rest of my team. I think, I don't know, maybe just like the attitude of just like, just doing it like even if like we have some like goal that maybe seems 
kind of crazy or like maybe seems like far fetched. Like just kind of like just figure it out, I guess. I don't know. Because <laughs> like there have been a lot of like uh, like TV projects we've done for like commercials and stuff that uh you know we got we got the job. We're just like all right, no way this can happen. Then we're like I don't know. Let's let's just like try it and like we figured it out. So I think like that falls into or like I don't know. For example, like my mom will find some sponsor sponsorship that you know was able to fund us for the season and we're just like how did this even happen like this is this is amazing like we can do this now so uh yeah i don't know i think just like the general attitude of everyone is a uh, is definitely something to maybe look up to i guess yeah yeah can do i like that yeah. all right so i'm gonna finish up with this question from these series of questions from will Hahn, and i'm gonna pass you over to brandon um but will asks how do you like the backwards arm geometry of Womper at Robo Games this last year? <laughs> so, so first of all, I'll address why it was named that. It was named Womper because I registered a robot, and then I'm just like, I need a name to register before registration fills up. I'm like, this is a robot I have, and then they're like, oh, you can't switch your thing. So I'm just like, all right, this is the name of my robot now. <laughs> 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 so there's that story, but. Uh, I, I actually really love driving that robot. That was my... So after we lost to Endgame in the 2020 BattleBots Finals, that was, like, my future Endgame plan, was running that configuration. Because we're just like, all right, like, if we're going to get out forked, like, how do we win this fork game? Because Endgame, it was like... We, we knew it would just be, like, round two would just be fork battle, pretty much. So uh, the thought was, like, the spinner's not going to help us a whole lot in that match. Like, I don't think we're going to inflict all that much damage. So uh, how can we make like the most effective lifter we possibly can? And that's have two like 12 pound forks on the front of the robot. <laughs> so, so just have like, you know, this, this giant mass of fork on the back of the robot. That'll just be so heavy, so stuck to the floor. That'll be almost impossible to scoop underneath and just so much reach. And uh, at RoboGames, it proved to be really, really effective and really fun to drive. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I... I really enjoy driving that. I don't think you'll see that as a whiplash configuration in the future, to be honest. But uh, I'm glad I built it and never got to use it because I had a free robot for Robo Games. <laughs> That's hilarious. So why don't you think you're ever going to use it as a whiplash config? Um, uh, because I think we could get the job done with like a standard whiplash config. And I, I want to kind of step away of having a million different configurations and just have like maybe two, maybe three main ones, maybe yeah. a couple of fork links, whatever. I'm uh, going to try to keep it more simple. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much the answer. Like, it was really fun. I don't know how well it would do against, like, a giant spinner. We didn't fight too many big spinners at RoboGames. Right. So uh, I don't really have a great gauge. But, uh, but yeah, overall, it was very, very fun. I think the most fun fight was fighting, like, a, a manual Big Dill. Uh, yeah. Because I basically turned Whiplash into, like, a Big Dill clone, almost. And that was a really, really close, really fun fight. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad I got to use it. That's awesome. All right, I'm going to hand you over to Brandon. He's got some BattleBots-related questions. Ooh, hello, hello. <clears throat> hello. So, for BattleBots, the first series of questions comes from Riley Angle from the Discord, NHRL Discord server. So the mm -hmm. first one is, where did the idea for the spinner on a lifter come from? So, yeah, so this is going all the way back to, like, 2015. Um, uh, back when... BattleBots was first being rebooted on ABC. So uh, back then, like, everyone was super excited BattleBots was coming back. There were all these, like, local events, all these people who, like, really wanted to be a part of it. And, like, the name of the game at that point was just, like, we need to apply with something that will get accepted. We have to get our foot in the door. And that was pretty much everybody's attitude going in. We need to design something really cool, really different, something interesting. And uh, at the time, back in 2015, I had this Beetleweight, like, Chopsaw robot. So it was, like, a four-wheel drive saw blades kind of i'm a so you can see the similarities to whiplash there already so the thought was like all right let's build a, a heavyweight version of this beetleweight i had back in 2015 so uh i got to like designing something it was you know not quite exactly like the beetleweight it kind of had like the arm sink into the center of the robot but it was, it was gonna be like essentially a backward version of whiplash but like while i was designing that i was like all right like the spinner sits on this side of the robot like, why wouldn't we just stick some sort of wedgelet or fork off the arm so, like, we could drive the other way and also be a lifter? Because, like, it's right there. All we have to do is just add this little thing sticking out, and we have a lifter. So, uh, 
eventually I kind of just started liking that more and more and just started moving further in that direction. And eventually we were like, all right, this is what the robot's going to be. It's going to be facing this direction, spinner forward, lifter forward. And if someone goes behind us, we could swing the arm over and hit him like an overhead saw robot. But uh, we're mainly going to be lifter spinner. And it was also partially because we had never seen that before, really, at that point in time. So uh, we're like, okay, it's totally new design. And I think we were literally the last robot accepted into 2015 BattleBots. Ooh. We were like the last alternate accepted. So uh, I'm, I'm glad we uh, went, went that route. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. It's yeah. it's funny because I actually remember it was probably in my like fourth or fifth grade, literally designing a robot being like, what if Biohazard had like a saw on its head? Wouldn't that be so cool? <laughs> <laughs> so I have like this ancient That's... drawing of like a pseudo Biohazard with this, like a mohawk kind of thing on it. I was like, that'd be kind of a neat. And then Whiplash coming, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's that, <laughs> like, better. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy we get to carry on, like, the BattleBots electric lifter lineage from, uh, from Biohazard. <laughs> yep. It's a proud line. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so sort of a half-comment question, uh, also from our angle. At what point are you going to have to sit down with Chris and Kenny if they realize that a lifter is a weapon? So you stop saying on commentary that you're running without a weapon when you just go by lifting. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, yeah. Dude, I saw the, the, the thumbnail and like the title for the most recent video battle boss dropped. It was like us against Malice. They're like, Whiplash goes in with no weapon or something. It was like the clickbait. <laughs> like, what do you mean no weapon? What do you mean? <laughs> we have, I, I think people just call it like spinner and weapon are just interchangeable. It seems for people. And like, I, I don't know. People change the definition for battle boss terms like box rush used to be i'm under my opponent shove him into the wall across the arena now it's like i start in my square immediately rush the opponent so like i feel like definitions of combat robot phrases have changed and like if people if, if a lifter's not a weapon anymore like all right i can't convince everyone <laughs> yeah as long as i qualify in the rules then uh then i'm good they let me in the door and who am i to argue with greg and trey yeah <laughs> All right, so then a question from Melvin Snyder. Um, do you feel more prepared with the Brestless system now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's we, we've got the bugs worked out. I think I don't think we'll have any more problems with it. It's pretty pretty solid now, uh, which I'm, I'm very excited about because that means, like, we can... Hopefully we can build a new robot without, like, too much R&D, too much, like, experimenting and just have, like, a clean, simple build season. It would be awesome. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's all worked out. Sweet. Yeah. Love the learning. And uh, yeah. do you have any concerns for next season, either with the system or anything else about the robot? Um, uh, no, I think the, the design for next year's Whiplash is like, I don't know, maybe 75, 80% there right now in CAD. And uh, I, I'm pretty excited for it. I think it simplified a lot of things. It, uh, it's a lot cleaner on the inside. I think it'll be nicer to work on. Um, uh, I think those are very important things that uh, would have made a big difference last year. And uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty excited and feel pretty good about it. Like, I think, I mean, right now it's, I don't have a whole lot of other, I mean, I have my 12 pounder for the event, whatever happening this weekend, but I haven't even unpacked it from Norwalk. At Norwalk, I barely took damage. So I'm like, I'm just going to take my luggage and just bring it to that event <laughs> and unload it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think now it's just any time in combat robots is into whiplash right now for the most part. And uh, yeah, just work on it. Love it. So, uh, Whiplash, Giant Nut, Season 8, confirmed. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless Mammoth gets you there. Anyway, so, from Alex Pick, first of all, hey Matt, the spin on Whiplash was clearly upgraded this year, tossing both Tantrum and Black Dragon. So, how did that upgrade look like on paper, and how did your expectations compare to the overall effect? The upgrade on paper. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. We, we knew it would be spinning faster, but we knew it wouldn't get up to speed as fast. That's kind of the bottom line. So, uh, and both those things were true for when it was working. Like in 2020, um, uh, we just had two short mags on a, whatever, a 20 pound disc. So it spun up instantly, didn't spin crazy fast, didn't hit crazy hard, but it was really, really, it started really reliably. Um, uh, this time was not the case. It took a lot longer to spin up. Like the startup torque of like a brushless motor is, you know, even with sensors and things, our, our setup was quite a bit less than just the dual mag motor setup. But once it gets going, you have a whole lot more 
RPM and a whole lot more power. So, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of staying away long enough to spin up, which is something that my driving style does not suit very well at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just want it to start up. Like, I, I just, yeah. So, so that wasn't great. But, uh, yeah, when it got spinning, it hit really hard. Like, uh, gosh, like for the tantrum fight, it was so funny. Like, our first... Like, our first two fights went absolutely terrible. Monsoon went better, but still too close for comfort. We get into the tantrum fight, and, uh, like, we do the test box. Everything's fine. We load into the arena. I'm just doing, like, my little twits in the square. And, like, I lift the arm, and I'm like, what's wrong with the arm? Like, why isn't the arm working very well? Like, I would kind of move the stick, and the arm, it had, like, a delayed movement. And I was like, that's super weird. Like, the control is super sloppy on the arm. And I was, I ended up going back after the fight and looking, and, like, the little shaft collar that clamps the lifter motor to the planetary gearbox was like slightly loose somehow and like the motor was just slipping so we had like probably i don't know a, a tiny fraction of the torque we typically had so like <laughs> we i pushed tantrum into the wall i'm trying to lift tantrum nothing's happening like nothing was happening at all like had we got flipped we probably couldn't even have self-riding so i'm like all right nothing's happening with a spinner or with the lifter and at that point i honestly just kind of like wasn't even thinking I'm going to hit him with the spinner because my focus is always the lifter. And like, if the spinner touches him, that's great. But I'm focusing on the lifter and it's just going to happen. We just threw him in the air. Luckily, the disc was up to speed. It had, you know, broke their self rider chain, got him upside down. And I was, I don't know, I was really surprised <laughs> on the outcome of that fight. It was like the exact opposite of what I thought would happen. I thought it was yeah. going to be like a drag out control bot fight and it ended up being like a one hit KO from us. So I was really, really surprised. Uh, the funny thing is, had they flipped us over, we wouldn't have been able to self-ride either. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we got a little bit of good luck there, a little bit of bad luck there, but it, it worked out. You know, yeah. with the spinner, when you think about it, you just had a very dangerous lifter, or sorry, flipper as well in the robot. So, really, you yeah. just went from, like, the torquey lifter to the fast-paced one. So Exactly. The, the best flipper is vertical spinning. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, Matt, Matt confirms it, guys. You uh, you got your evidence. Yeah. Though, I guess just like, just for builder's curiosity, do you have your spinner on like a switch or do you have it on a stick, for like linear control? So most of the time it's on a switch. I, I just mm. want to be able to turn it on, turn it off. I don't want to have to think about it because I'm controlling yeah. everything by myself. Mm -hmm. So like, I just want it on, off. Like if someone lands on top of us, like after we hit them, I will turn it off so we don't stall it out. And then when they get off of us, I'll turn it back on. And that's pretty much all the thinking I'm doing. I just don't want to burn out our weapon motors. But uh, this time, we were having all these startup issues. So we actually had the spinner on a separate remote. Oh. So we had someone else. At one point, it was my dad. At one point, it was my brother. I forget for which fights. But uh, so that way, they could slowly ramp it up on the stick and like really carefully do it. Fascinating. Whereas had that been me doing it, I would have been thinking about too many things and probably would have done a terrible job yeah. because I just need to be able to turn it on and off. So we had them slowly ramping it up. And that ended up being the correct decision because it got it, at least got it moving. So, uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I had a similar scenario happen. I'm experimenting on my ant way doing that first so I can adapt it to the feathers for Norwalk because I'm trying to add a, the uh, another an arm onto it as well. So it's a lifter and a spinner on it, kind of like Whiplash, but two-wheel drive. Oh. Yeah, and so I experimented with a switch on it. And one of the issues I had was I couldn't, always get the ESC to center correctly. Like you get the no signal for a startup. So I had to manually yeah. shift the entire, like um, like the curve to control it, the exponentials on it to make sure it kept yeah. zeroing. So yeah. when I was seeing that with you, I was like, okay, that's probably what was happening to the motor. You had to get to, had to get the motor to do its little dance first to get everything synced up and then launch it. Exactly. So yeah, that, that's another thing we're uh, doing in the off season is just trying to get that so we can just put it on a switch we have like a nice ramp set and it'll do it all on its own. So hopefully, hopefully that'll work well. Nice. Yeah. And so now is the last deeply philosophical question uh, from Lyndon from Bob Barons, who also made Emperor in HRL. Matt, if you stack one lasagna on top of another lasagna, is it two lasagnas or just one big one? I'm, I don't know. Like if you, if you don't cook them together, and maybe it's just two. Like, I don't know. Part of me wants to say it's just one. But I think maybe they have to come out of the oven in that uh, in that setup. And then and then you can consider it one. So I'll call it two. Interesting. So it's the, the cooking that really seals it in for you. And then everything else after that. 
Because you got to get the crispy top on a lasagna, right? So if there's two crispy tops and one of them's in the middle, it's in the wrong place. Then it's kind of like how the Big Mac has like a, a bread thing in the middle. Because you got your two bread and your right. meat. But, but still... the bread thing in the middle, but the bread thing in the middle isn't a bun. It doesn't have like the 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 like hard shell outside of a bun, right? It's like mm. literally a piece of bread, you know, like with that's like with the crust on the outside. Mm. Yeah. No, these are the the important questions. These are the keys. <laughs> the robots don't matter if we can't figure out what our lasagnas are, so we have to be very uh, very inquisitive about those too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now for this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Uh, this week, we are going to go talk about Ryan, short for Robot You Always Need. Uh, born and raised at the University of Denver's Robotics Lab, the DU Robotics Department is engaged in different arms of social robotics study, one being how to integrate robotics such as Ryan at retirement homes. Uh, Steve Auten, a resident at a different senior care facility not far from the University of Denver, was one of the first people to interact with Ryan for an extended period of time. For more than two months, the 76-year-old Auten, who keeps to himself uh, and keeps himself busy by caring for his rescue terrier named Hay, hosted Ryan in his apartment by playing games of chess and listening to the AI script crack, crack jokes. Um, Ryan was nice to have around. He was always positive, cheerful, and he was just a lot of fun, Auten said. Ryan, whose purpose is social interaction and social stimulation, stayed in Auten's living room and started each day by saying good morning to Auten. And um, he said the trial was a nice experience and that he would welcome him again. Um, I would get him to respond, Auten said. He would often he also notice how Ryan would remember details Auten relayed to the robot and use them later in conversation. Uh, first of all, this robot has a cute little face, uh, that's like a video screen, but it's like projection mapped onto an actual kind of humanoid face. Um, it looks cute. It's adorable. And I, most of the time when we do these, we try to cover like, uh, you know, the world is heading into a, like, what is it? Like a post capitalist hellscape world that we're all running into <laughs> just, you know, all doom and gloom. Uh, this is kind of nice. I kind of like this. This will be really good for like the aging boomer population. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Would you would you put your parents like when it's time? Would you put them in a in a home where there's robots? <laughs> I mean, mine are already in a home where there are robots. Maybe not those ones. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. If people like hanging out with them, then they like hanging out with them. So then it's a that's a good thing, right? So if they don't like it, they don't like it. You know, I wonder if that's going to sort of, I know, so we have the ability to sort of anthropomorphize things, right? Like even, like even our robots, like Comet robots, they don't really have a sort of like humanoid function that these guys do. We sort of, so have like a emotional attachment to them as well. So yep. I'm yeah. kind of interested or curious, like how they might sort of blur, what's the, the, what's that movie? It was like Ex Machina or iRobot. I think it's iRobot. Uh, but they become like almost really, really close to human to the point where you get them almost the same. And I think like if this is sort of like the interactive element of like, okay, like he can interact pretty well with uh, with um, with a senior and sort of able to hold conversations and things like that. But I think like very soon you're going to have companies coming in to make the appearance sort of match that as well. And uh, I think at this point you can kind of, you sort of still have that distance of like, well, I know it's a robot. Like I can see like the face and all that. But when it gets to like the Detroit become human level of like they're almost human-like, there's like a tiny little robot difference. I think that's when uh, like Luke would show up and say, well, it's all over for us, you know? Like he would probably yeah. say it's late stage capitalism that it's at its peak. No, maybe this is not if their only job is to just help old folks, you know, feel socialized and happy and have somebody to talk to. That's nice. That's just a nice thing to do. <laughs> I, I would think. I mean, I would still think that uh, the mental aspect of having like somebody to social with is incredibly important. Um, I know from my own grandma, um, one of the difficulties my uh, family's had is having like caregivers to help during the day when everyone's at jobs and busy. So having someone to fill the gap um, is really critical. And because other people have their own stuff going on, that's a big thing. Like with Ryan here, if Ryan can step in fill that role like power to him 
I guess the yeah. I guess like the only difference is just kind of like um like the stereotypes built in our heads from those movies or games of like okay it's going to turn on me one day it's like sort of wor- uh, working that out of the mind to be more wholesome well, the, the problem is with all those movies and games is for some reason we give all of those robots like super strength and super speed, and we don't have no. to do that. You know what I mean? If a robot's working at a, se- at a senior facility, they can they can just like have the strength of a nine-year-old child, and that's fine. That's enough to like get them around, you know? They don't have to be uh, terrifying death machines to help seniors feel like play chess and feel interacted with. You know what you have to do? Just put a big removable link. Uh, <laughs> those are the UK versions for sure. <laughs> that already exists in like the in the robot dogs. Like I know that the the, the like the handle right at the front of the chest. You can just pull that out, and the whole battery pack comes out. There you go. So you just we do that. That would be that would be all it would have to be. Aw, I love this idea actually. You know what I do like? Um, so Auten, you know, he's seventy six years old and he's in assisted living facility, but he's right at the median age for most of our legislators. So like we could have a bunch of these robots just hanging out in the offices of our senators, presidents. Um, It would be a really, I think it would be a huge benefit to add to Congress. And maybe that could be one of the first uh, fundings for this thing is just get it into the ultimate senior center, which is the Capitol building in Washington, DC. (laughs) Yeah. It could could do some good. I don't know. It could be helpful. Oh man! You know, I live outside Washington. That feels so weird. It's like here's the president <laughs> walking across like the White House lawn with his his Ryan buddy talking and getting a joke about I don't know something old people like. Just Wouldn't it be great? Weird. You just cut to a scene of like of like them on Air Force One and it's just Ryan and President Joe Biden just playing chess together. You know, Biden's sipping <laughs> apple cider, saying, "You know, that was a real real cock and made me move there." And he's like, "Well, that's that's how it." Cookie crumbles. He just snaps his knee, starts laughing. Like, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, that's about it for us today. Luke, Lindsay, and Chris are all in Asia for the rest of the month, but we'll be back in your feed next week with a mysterious guest. Uh, Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us for the show tonight. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you soon, folks. Bye bye. See ya. Yeah. Good talking. Boom.